0: Welcome back to our Triune Pod. All of our uh, listeners who checked in, checked out episode one, and all of the new acolytes to the Church of Our Triune Pod. We're so glad that you are here. Uh, that you, I almost said that you came to worship with us. I uh, went into my pastor voice. Uh, what, this is Nick. How, how you doing, Ben? Man, what's going on in uh, what's going on in New York City?
1: I'm doing all right. Hey, I needed a little bit of a pick me up yesterday, so I watched this HBO documentary that essentially just had Bill Belichick and Nick Saban in conversation. And I feel like I can take on the world right now. What did it teach you about your, your life? I think it just taught me to do my job, which is what they said over and over and over again. But They said it in such a way where you're just like, you're psyched. Like, yes, I'm going to do my job.
0: Definitely says something about you and your absence of a strong father figure. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding, totally kidding. <laughs> might be true. You kind of you kind of look like Belichick right now. You got like a, that sweatshirt on. I those just to shave off the the arms. Be right on there. Well. That's honestly kind of a depressing pop culture introduction to the <laughs> podcast. I hope I I hope we uh, we do something better than that later on. Um, but yeah, today we're going to talk about the Collect for All Saints Day, which is it's it's a major celebration in the life of the church. Is that right, Ben? It's one of the principal feasts in the Episcopal Church. One of the f- how many seven. seventy principal feasts are there? There's seven. Yeah. Okay. Correct
1: me on that. Listeners, if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's seven.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Uh, when was when is the lat like so? All Saints' Day is November first. What's the principal feast before that? Pentecost. Ooh, I don't know. I know the
1: one after it is Epiphany, but I don't. I forget off the top of my head. Okay. Um, actually, I may be confusing that with um. Actually, so there are four days where the church recommends baptisms, and I think that's what it is. So Epiphany is the one after. All Saints Day. But All Saints Day is also one of the very recommended days for
0: baptisms.
1: That
0: shit definitely doesn't matter. All right. (laughs) Let's (laughs) let's move on to the collect itself. Um, I think I'm going to ask you questions about it. Is that right, Ben? That's right. right, So let me me read it first, and then uh, I'll just hand it over to you. This is what we pray as we begin our worship on All Saints Day. Almighty God, you have knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Give us grace so to follow your blessed saints and all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those ineffable joys that you have prepared for those who truly love you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Oh, Amen. A lot of words in there that I don't normally use. Uh, <laughs> knit, mystical, virtuous, <laughs> ineffable. Uh, what, what, what initially jumps out to you about this prayer, Ben? Yeah, what
1: jumps out to me? So, I mean, I really like that first line. You have knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your son. It almost sounds like a David Lynch, Charlie Kaufman kind of movie with that mystical union, mystical body. But uh, so what's going on with all saints is we are remembering the saints who've gone before us and current saints. And this collect really talks about how we, the elect, (laughs) not a term that we in the Episcopal church use very often, sounds pretty Calvinistic, but um, the Lord has knit us together together with those saints who've gone before us in this mystical body. In Matthew 22, it makes clear, God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. And so, I don't know about you, but my, a lot of my parishioners are really into genealogy. In fact, two in particular, I'd say are obsessed with it. I love you if you're listening. But I think just with Mike, the, the 23 rise, and me? Is that what you mean? Well, like, like, these DNA two stuff? I'm thinking of are like traveling all over the country to places where their you know, family's been, ancestors have been, going overseas. But yeah, 23andMe, people have been obsessed with
0: that. Finding Wait, this is a this is a category of interest I had no idea existed. Can we pause on this? Like <laughs> like they retrace their family tree and like see like different areas where ancestors yeah. lived and yeah, and it's and died. especially
1: prevalent among my African American parishioners where that information is so muddied and clouded because of our nation's past, of our nation's treatment um dude that's that's cool that's but really it is cool. i mean i have two in particular who who travel all over who'll find cousins or uncles who they've never talked to and they're really trying to trace like you know what plantation their family members are on all kinds of things but i think on a more popular level <laughs> the wow. the interest in 23 Me shows that a lot of us really do have this interest in who's going before us, how we're connected to them, to get a sense of rootedness in our mobile world. And I think what what all saints can be for Christians is that, you know, we are part of this spiritual family, uh, which the Bible seems to say is more important than flesh and blood. Um, And days like this kind of help us really think about, you know, the 2000 year history of the church. And even before that, the history of our connection to, Israel, the elect, the people of God. Um, And what I think this collect is saying, which might be uncomfortable for those of us who come from lower church traditions, is that we are kind of mystically knit together into these bodies. And I think this is why some Catholic Christians go so far as to say we can, Catholic and Orthodox Christians, we can kind of commune uh, with those who've gone before us. Uh, God, again, being the God of the living and not the dead. Um, I don't know what to do with that. That's not really my piety. I don't like to sit in judgment upon that, but I'm probably just not going to do that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I do. And let me explain why. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. Please do, Nick. <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, yeah. And then really the, the ask here is give us grace to follow them in virtuous and godly living. Um, and yeah, being pretty reformed ish i that's not really my prayer most of the time it it probably should be more i should want to be more virtuous and more godly uh, i don't know why i'm just not not that interested in that i'm <laughs> more interested in like <laughs> weird random points of doctrine um but yeah lord help us be virtuous like they are godly like they have been so yeah what do you make of of all saints day and
0: uh, this kind of knit together in this mystical communion. Yeah. I mean, on a just frankly experiential level, I have no, no idea what it might mean to be in <laughs> communion with saints that are dead or that are with the Lord in some disembodied way. I, I'm, I'm not like critical of people who are into that. Like I'm I just, as a, on, on a very, very practical level. I have no sense of what that might in, might do for me. And um Yeah. I mean, I think our assumption tends to be, and maybe this is, in fact, the right way to think about it, but our assumption tends to be that All Saints Day is, well, we tend to focus on, like, folks who, are, who have gone ahead of us. And, you know, so maybe you have some profound attachment to St. Francis of Assisi or St. Teresa of Avila. Um, I, I have much more, practically speaking, much more beneficially connected to saints who are alive today who are like in my actual sphere of influence who in very minor and more subtle ways, like exemplify godliness and virtuous living. And I think my contact with them becomes much less of a strict imitation. Like, Oh, I'm going to try and be like this great person Mm -hmm. and more of a, like a kind of a beneficial association. Like by being in their presence, I find myself like trying to more like naturally and, you know, gag organically live like them but it doesn't feel like an imitation like in a you know in a strict like aristotelian sense like outside in i'm gonna like work myself into being this kind of person it's more like i'm around these types of people i see their quality of life and it makes me want to be like them in a way that doesn't have the same compulsion or fear funding it right no that's Um, really good and yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's really in line with the prayer itself. I mean, yeah, it doesn't say anything in some ways about like, give us grace to follow your blessed saints. Those can be living and dead, right? Yeah. Like, and so I just tend to think more about the people that I'm next yeah. sitting next to in worship that have like moral excellencies or virtues that are like really commendable in the ways I don't see in my own life. You know, like, yeah. um, I, there's this wonderful, wonderful woman in our church. Her name is Shirley. She is someone that I knew, you know, I knew prior to COVID, but she's um, you know, in, in an age population that makes her more susceptible to complications arising from COVID. So she's been, you know, really exclusively engaging with our community online. And that has actually enabled me to get to know her in a way that I did not know her before. I interact with her all the time during the daily offices and different online things that we do. She participates regularly. And seeing her positivity and open-handedness during this season that i experienced to be quite stressful and from a strictly chronological perspective like i have much more time on this earth lord willing than this person does and she's so open-handed so positive and accepting of like well this is just the time that god has me in right now Mm -hmm. staying inside exclusively and it's like really rubbed off on me (laughs) you know like it's it's been really really neat and that's a very banal example but i think it points to like our our actual relationships with other christians can not only show areas of our life where we kind of need to work on ourselves but it also like yeah there's something just automatic and like organic again about being associated with people like that that like makes us better you know i I have definitely experienced that to be true i think that maybe that's the the better way for
1: us to understand this prayer when we talk about following the saints and virtuous and godly living. I have another example, much like yours. I got really lucky. I didn't ask this guy to be my mentor. He just has kind of done it. But there's this Reformed Church of America pastor who has like those kind of Episcopal leanings. So he comes to our church, loves the Book of Common Prayer. He is just the nicest, most pastoral person I've ever met. And he calls me every Monday and wants to talk for 45 minutes. And it's, it's awesome. I, I talk with him and by the end of the phone call, I want to be more like this person. Uh, So much like you said about this, this woman in your church. But I think that again, using that word that you love so much that or, or it organically has made me want to be holy or virtuous. And it's again, not something I've set out to accomplish to for it to change me, but being around people like that, the saints have made me want to be more saintly. That said, this colic really does kind of focus on those who've gone before us. And I think maybe this year in particular, um, with over 200,000 dying due to this virus, on, on All Saints Day, you usually pray for those who have died within the past year, We're gonna have a whole lot more names this year. And just kind of remembering their contribution to us, looking backward, but also looking forward. I mean, that is our great hope, right? That in Christ, death is not the end. So we're not just looking backward to the past, how can I live in light of this, but also looking forward to that reunion that we will have with those who've died this year, those who've died Uh, for the past 2,000 years and all the people of Israel before them. Uh, And I think that's really hopeful.
0: Have you ever had uh, a, for lack of a better term, a spiritual experience where the great cloud of witnesses, that Mm -hmm. sense of being connected to folks in the past and, and pointed towards this future of ineffable joys, have you ever had an experience where you've tasted that mystical? I mean,
1: at Holy Communion every Sunday, when we're joined with
0: the angels. Our- Come on, Nick. Well, I mean, of course, that's <laughs> the, those are the words of the liturgy. But I mean, like, yeah. I mean, an actual conscious mm-hmm. experience when you were aware of it in like a practically recognizable way.
1: Yeah, no, I I can't point to one in particular. I've talked to people who have had these experiences and. Maybe if I was a little bit more open, and I've become more open to this in my being around you know, contemporary saints who are more Catholic than I am, and they really have this connection to this or that saint, or maybe the saints in general who've gone before us, and I see them and see their piety and admire it, and it makes me wish I was a little bit more open to it. Uh, it makes me wish... Not that I'm close off to it, but it's just again, not my it's not natural. not the yeah. piety I grew up with, totally. yeah, um, but for those who have really either grown up with that or come to embrace that, at times it does. It's like, wow, like you're open to like a whole lot more <laughs> a lot more Christians um, who could be your spiritual fathers and mothers. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know why I can't make that leap. Um, but I kind of long for
0: it sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the way you describe that, and I've I have don't like you said, it's not a theological conviction or even like a, I don't even think like a personality driven aversion. I just think it's a lack of familiarity with folks who for whom that is that, that's the air they breathe. You know, it's just it's very natural to have that type of relationship with Christians of the past. Um the way you were talking about it, it does I've quite honestly have not really thought about it, but it, it does sound uh enviable and you know and really helpful to have like a, a much more tangible kind of emotive connection not just like yeah i guess um that bishop in the fourth i'm looking at on my wall right now there's like a calendar you know the christian calendar with all these like old pictures of people i'm like yeah i guess that guy was cool but like to have something much more meaningful than that that probably is a real source of um of energy for virtuous and godly living.
1: I mean, think about for us Protestants, or or us who grew up in Protestant traditions, but the way we talk about Augustine, or Luther, or John Calvin, or, or C.S. Lewis for contemporaries, like we, we kind of uh, canonize these people in special ways that don't really line up exactly with how we talk about, oh, you know, everyone's kind of uh, a saint. Um, so I don't, I don't know how far removed that is
0: from, See, I, I, I mean, maybe I, it, I is. Think it is, man, because I think exactly. the way we revere C.S. Lewis or Carl Barth is not that different than the way people who kind of operate within a completely secular frame mm-hmm. revere mm, the, their, their intellectual heroes. Gotcha. Right. I think what you're, what you were describing mm-hmm. to me is this word is going to, is doing a lot of work in this sentence, but it had, it's a more spiritual connection. It's mm-hmm. not just a an, an admiration and even an imitation or an influence. It has a – the connection is deeper and mm-hmm. more like heart-centered than that.
1: I guess what I – yeah, what I really want to get at – Yeah, maybe, we are definitely yeah. going
0: far afield from the college. No, no,
1: this is, this is great. Um, but I think that my propensity is to be very secular or very rational is probably the better word. And at times, I mean, we believe that a man who is dead was raised, like the ultimate miracle. And this is why, I mean, I very much respect and admire some of my more charismatic friends. But I think also, like my Catholic friends have this a bit too, there is just this openness to a supernatural cosmos that I just is not my, again, as we were saying, like my MO, not that I'm opposed to it or um, don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead or anything like that. And sometimes I think if I had a little bit more of this, I would be open, much more open to God's action in the universe. I mean,
0: you come from a more charismatic background. Do you resonate with that at all? Yeah, I do. And I, I mean, that's still a very important part of my life um, and I still think of myself as charismatic. I mean, that language is probably unfamiliar to a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast, but there's the, yeah, the notion that God is kind of still at work in the world doing miraculous things. And I think actually a more, a more interesting way to put that is like that human beings can kind of knowingly participate in that kind of supernatural stuff and like ordinary men and women under the influence of the Holy Spirit can be used by God to do kind of miraculous things, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate in the church today and can operate like all the time. Um, but but this but, but in the, in the world in which I was raised, the connection to saints in the past and having, yeah, I mean, you can like critique kind of the extreme forms of that Catholic piety, but I think the more like the kind of mainstream way that like you interpret events in your life even like kind of commonplace things is like the influence of the saints. I think that frankly, that is probably really helpful. I mean, like 99% of people with a pulse, like the feelings of isolation are some of the things I struggle with the most feeling alone or feeling like my struggles are unique to me, all the kind of narcissism that comes from our sin and having the sense of being surrounded in a way that's not just noetic or like cognitive, but is like effective, you know? Um, I think that could be really a real source of consolation and, um, and peace. And in wouldn't it be about. great if, you know, like the, uh, the he-
1: heavens and the earth were really, it's more porous. Um, and we really could communicate in some way. Now, all of that, of course, would be through Christ, um, or in Christ, but yeah, I kinda, I, I wish I was, a little bit more open to that, so, yeah. so more Catholic-leaning listeners,
0: send in your comments. Tell teach us how we can. teach me your ways. <laughs> yeah, one final thing before we close, I, just, I I would be remiss not to like just reflect for a second on the timing of this. You know, so All Saints' Day mm-hmm. is November first. That's a Sunday this year, and then uh, November second, some churches celebrate All Souls' Day, which is uh, my understanding of that is more about remembering the departed from the past year. Um, where All Saints has a broader focus and then the next day we have the election. Uh, and oh, I think yeah. these, these two services of the church provide a way for us to not escape from the kind of urgencies of the moment, but for us to engage with those urgencies um, with a, an eternal orientation, right? Like, and I think we can worship on this Sunday, we can do some type of all souls thing if we'd like, you could probably watch a service online uh, and and then go into Tuesday. And then of course, what's different this year is like, it's probably not going to be a Tuesday night, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're just going to be in this suspended moment of waiting to find out who wins the election. I, I mean, I don't know about you or anyone who is listening, but I know that I would be well-served by kind of a broader, more eternal perspective undergirding the bated breath of like when The New York Times makes the call. So Mm -hmm. anyway. All
1: right. Well, let's pray. Almighty God, you have knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your son, Christ, our Lord. Give us grace so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living that we may come to those ineffable joys that you have prepared for those who truly love you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, in glory everlasting. Amen. How about that episode of Our Triune Pod? Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid, and subscribe, and review? We promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming, so be sure to join us for another episode of your new favorite podcast.